You're listening to Serious Business with Andy Audate. Serious talk on business, marketing, and finance to win in this new economy. In this podcast, every single day, Andy Audate reveals cutting-edge strategies, technologies, techniques, and solutions to exponentially grow your business in the new economy. Welcome to another episode of the Dreamcatcher Show. Dreamcatchers, you need to buckle up right now because this episode, I promise you, is going to be straight fire. You're going to want to bring a pen and a piece of paper. Sit down, get ready to take some notes because today we have an amazing guest. We have an author, a speaker, a serial entrepreneur, the founder of Progression Conference, a coach, a mentor, literally went from dead broke, living in the hood, college dropout, to making millions of dollars in sales. Andy, man, I am so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Man, John, thank you so much for having me on your show, man. I'm so excited to be on your episode. You, that's awesome, man. Well, let's do this. Let's actually... uh, because our audience, I like, I know your story, our audience, our dream catchers don't. Would you mind jumping into things for us and kind of just giving us a rundown? First question that I got, and this is powerful. At what age did you make your first meal, man? 21. That's what I thought. And if you wouldn't mind taking us back before, you know, going ahead and writing the books, before being a speaker, a coach, a mentor, all of that, what was it like growing up? It was, um, it was that it was definitely no. Here's the here's the thing, man. Like, as much as I I want to say how painful it is, it's like you don't know what you don't know. Yep, of course, man. And it wasn't until I got out of the water. You know, I made a comment when I was 21 and I moved to California. And I said, I said it's like a fish in dirty water. If a fish is born in dirty water, the fish doesn't know that it's in dirty water. Yeah, of it's course. Just in the wa- of course. It's just in water. Yep. But you know, at some point. When, it, when they transition out of the dirty water and they go to clean water, it's like, oh, shit, like, it's different. So, so my home, my environment was uh, a, a survival a, a area. It was just a place to survive. So I wasn't, we weren't focused on thriving. It was just, yo, can I make a home? Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to go home. You know, the, there's so many times, John, at night where I would see gangs, uh, jumping people, where I would see people with guns, where I would see people with drugs or doing drugs. And then I, I, you know, as I got older, I, I ended up getting into that lifestyle. But where I was just saying to myself, I just want to get home. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like I pushed it to the edge. So I want you to imagine a young boy, a young boy where my mom is praying for me, my grandma's praying for me. Mm-hmm. And then my mom finally gets to a point where I'm 13, 14, 15 years old, and she lets me go out into the into the wild, into the jungle, and knowing that I have that love at home or that type of uh, energy at home, mm-hmm. I'm out in these streets, and, and there's so many times where I'm like, I just want to get home. Please don't let me die tonight, or please don't let me go to jail tonight. So many times that feeling resided in my, st- my stomach. That's huge, man. That is massive. It, for you, though, where did, like, was it watching your your mom and you know, your podcasts, grandmother? Man, these podcasts, man. Like, like over the last, <clears throat> over the last, uh, we're we're gearing up for the for like the the huge launch of 
the Progression Conference National yep. Tour, as well as my, my personal brand, um, really growing this year. So I'm doing a lot of podcasts. You know, just today I have four schedules, just, just to give you an example. And, man, like these stories, man, that I go back there. Let me tell you, John, I shut it out for a long period of time. Like, I was very numb. You know, early before we started the show, we were talking about emotions and stuff. And I, and I shut out a lot of my emotions. Mm. And I even shut out, how do I say it? Like a lot of my, my past and the pain that I, like, I experienced. So I don't have to deal with it. And like doing mm. all these shows, man. And, 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 and when I started doing podcasts and, and interviews, I don't know, two and a half years ago, I would only highlight the, the good stuff. I never went back. So when people would ask me questions about like my past, I'd be like, Oh, you know, it, like I had a, a story, I got a, what, a script where it was like, came from an impoverished area, 19 years old, someone believed in me, 21, started, you know, made money, moved to Cal. I had a look, a script that I would just repeat on every podcast. Then there's someone who's in my circle, who's uh, very popular in the, in the social media space. And, and, and then he comes from a similar background and me and him had a one-on-one talk. And he was like, yo, man, you gotta let, you gotta let, you gotta let the people really know. Like you got you got to go deep. And I remember when he told me that, and I was I was actually recording a podcast for him, and I just started to cry. Mm-hmm. I, I just started to cry because I was like, "Yo, you're you, you're break, you're making me break. You're not making me, but I'm breaking down walls that I put mm-hmm. up. Yeah, toward toward the past that I'm like, I start, I would be forgetting. Like I I literally forgot a lot of my past, and then. Recently, I started re- releasing what, 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 what I experienced. So, like, I just did a Facebook Live the other day, and I was sharing. I was like, man, I've stolen cars. I've gotten pulled over. I've gotten take out the car, uh, pulled over for driving while black in, 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 a, in an environment and having drugs in the car and things of that nature. And um, nights where – it was actually just one night where I, when I, one of my employees – and we'll go into my story, and you can interview me however you like. But there was this one night where – um, it was Halloween, October thirty first, two thousand and fifteen. I I bought too I bought too much alcohol. I bought one big Ciroc bottle, and I thought that everyone was gonna be drinking that night. So I brought two big Ciroc bottles, like the I don't know what size, but it's about this big. Yeah. Uh, and we all drank one together in unison, and everyone didn't want to drink the other one. Now I didn't want to drink. I didn't want to walk around with another Ciroc bottle. So I literally chugged it as much as I could, and. Uh, this is so irresponsible, but I I drank so much alcohol that it just didn't hit me as soon. And that's how alcohol works. It didn't the alcohol the vodka didn't hit me as soon as I as the, as I thought. So I I realized I'm not drunk. So I kept on drinking more. I'm halfway yeah. through the bottle. Yeah, you know, just by myself. And then there's a guy who walks up to me. I walk into a party now. So I'm with my friends. I walk into a party. And for some reason, there's a guy who just pushes me. And my fucking self want to push him back. Mm-hmm. And so I, I push him back. And ironically, the guy who probably, who just saved my life, who just called me right now. And you know, he just, he just called me right now. He said, let's talk. And I said, I'm doing a podcast. and call you back. But I, I told him, I, so, the, so the dude pushes me. I push him back with my left hand. And naturally, I, I have the bottle in my right hand. So I'm holding, the, I'm holding it at the cap. And I, and I start uh, sliding it up in my yeah. um in my palm because I'm about to bash the guy in the, mm-hmm. in the face with the with the lower part of the bottle, and then he so this dude's pushing me, 
And I push him back. I'm like, what's up, nigga? What's up? What's up? And as I, as I clench the bottle, my best friend comes behind me, grabs my chest. He's like, yo, he's drunk. Let him go. And he pulls me away. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like this. He pulls me away. Well, during that little scuffle, what I didn't know was that you know, we're in a house with like, we're in a small apartment in the hood, like in a fuck, in a, in a hood. Like it's a small rinky dinky apartment, wood floors. The, the house is probably, you know, 80, 90 years old and floors creaking, but there's a hundred people partying. There's a DJ lights going. And little did I know two days later, um, two days later that somebody pulled the gun out. Like it was in the back. And he saw me scuffling and that dude was part of a gang. And someone pulled a gun out thinking mm. that I was in opposition, thinking that I was a threat to their gang, mm. not even the person, but to their gang. And he was ready to fire on me. And then to that guy who pulled the gun out to his, now this environment, that, that happens often. Like, like he, he, every month someone's on a t-shirt because of, their, because of someone's dead. And so two days later, one of my employees at the, my store, she says to me, yo, Andy, were you at this party, bro? Like, were you at this party? I was like, yeah, I was. How do you know? Yo, let me tell you what happened. My boyfriend saw you. His friend pulled the gun out. But because he knew that I worked for you, because my boyfriend knew that I worked for you, he, put, he told him to put the gun down. That's not the guy you want to mess with because that's Andy. He, he works. He's, he's my girl's boss. So had I not been that business owner, I would have likely been a been a, a victim of a of a of a crime, mm. and I'm thinking about all these things, and they're just you know pouring into my head now, man. No, hey, here first off, Andy, I appreciate you being open and real on that, man. Because here's here's what I want to share with you, right? You obviously don't know my story, but I went 30 years being somebody that I thought everybody else wanted me to be. Being this persona that was like, I grew up in a highly religious family, uh, was constantly taught that, uh, not by my, my parents, but just the environment that I was in, that I wasn't worthy, that I wasn't good enough, that didn't matter how much accomplishments I got, I wasn't going to ever amount to what I needed to be to feel worthy. I got to the age of 30, constantly pushing my dream off, not believing in who I was, constantly looking for the next relationship, the next accomplishment, and got to the point where I lost a 13-year relationship. I'm now living in a 750-square-foot apartment, no furniture, nothing, living on the floor. Don't even want to bring my kids upstairs to take a look at where daddy is now because he's fallen so far. It took me three years, three years to get out of the depression of who am I? Because I thought I knew who I was, but who am I? And how do I discover who I actually am? And there is power, Andy, in your story. Yeah, everybody sees what, you know, the suit, the tie, everybody sees like who you are now, but going back and sharing who you were to where you are now, what it does is it inspires your community to understand, hey, you see me where I'm at right now. You know where I, what I'm doing and where I'm going. Let me teach you though, that hasn't always been the case. I've been the guy that was praying to get home at night. I've been the guy that didn't know if I was going to make it out of that party. I've been the guy that was you know, being pulled over and doing that. If, if that is you, then guess what? You can also do what I've done. This whole show, The Dreamcatcher Show, 
is solely started so that I can have a conversation with my younger 10 year younger self and say, John, you don't have to wait until there's X in the bank. You don't have to wait until you've got a title. Start now. And so I really appreciate, man. I thoroughly appreciate that you went into that story because I know how easy it is to just put up the wall of, yeah, 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 let's not really talk about that. Let's talk about what I'm doing right now. Right on, man. Right on. I appreciate it, man. Let's, let's jump then into like, what, wh- where, how did that transition happen for you, for you, man? Uh, transition from where? Like you're, you're in that space where like, when I look at you now, I see a super mentally strong guy, right? You've done some amazing transformation in your life from, you know, you posted uh, when it was the beginning of 2020, you posted, this was me back in the day in 2009. This is me now. Look at what a decade can make. And it's, in, it's inspiring oh, well, when to I, see when that. I was on When I was in Forbes? No, yeah, but you were in Forbes, but I'm even more talking about from the guy that was, you know, 15, 16, dead broke, dropping out of college to where you are now. How did that transition happen for you, man? Yeah, I mean, the story, the story is, I, th- I think I made a decision. I made a decision because I remember laying down on my mom's bed and with my laptop on my chest and I was just like, I was just like, yo, there has to be something better than this, man. There has to be like, I, there has to be something better than, mm-hmm. than this, this environment that I'm in. Like I'm in a fucked up place. And I remember laying down on my bed and there's a, to the left, there's a, there's a, uh, a wall with the window and down the wind, down the street was, the uh, not a nice, not so nice place. And I remember saying, saying, I'm scared that there's a bullet that's going to come through the window. Hmm. I remember just, and it was that window, and I and I heard stories about uh, shots ringing out in people's homes. Uh, not even by like on not even targeting the home, like you know, like beef on the streets, and then yep. this, you know, so like that. And I remember laying down. I was like, "Yo, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here." And I just didn't know where, so I would just type in like different places uh, that hmm. I would see on TV. So it would be like Los Angeles, or uh, what? What the hell's in Los Angeles? Never been there. Oh, Beverly Hills. Oh shit rodeo drive and and <laughs> ended up finding out it's rodeo drive you know and and type in so it started with the vision first and foremost this is this wow is ten, this is this is 10 years ago so it started with the vision where i said yo that there's something better there's something better i don't know what it is but there's something better so i started googling stuff and then i started seeing pictures and videos of lifestyles and i remember thinking of other kids like their their experience growing up and i still think about it to this day Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I live in downtown Los Angeles. Right down the street, right down the street is where uh, LeBron and Kobe play for the uh, at the Staples Center. I live half a mile away from there, and I would think when I was on the East Coast, I would think about their and their experience growing up. Like, like I'm I'm talking about like the 15 year old growing up in California, thinking that their life was always better. You know, it's the, the grass is green on the other side. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wanted that feeling, which was that feeling must be good. I wanted that feeling because where I'm at now, I'm scared. Mm. My 15 year old self, I'm scared. So the vision wasn't more so of seeing, it was more so of feeling. Mm. And I think that's where the, the, the difference between what makes people successful and what doesn't 
is that when they say, when people talk about vision, they're talking about, okay, I see it. But what we as humans naturally and innately do is we want to experience feeling. We want to experience emotion. So we would drive, drive six hours to go see a woman or a man that we really like because the feeling that we'll get when we see that person and, 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 with, and, and um, with that person, it'll give us a good feeling. We'll, we'll pay money for an iPhone because the feeling that it gives us when we know we can't afford it. We'll, we'll pay to go to a concert because of the feeling. So I had a feeling that success felt good, mm. that it felt better than this. So it's not that I saw it, I felt it. Mm. And then, so I would strive to experience that feeling. Then I always talked about success because I said, I want that feeling. So I'm 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, high school, talking to people in my school about success. Like, yo, do you know what it'll feel like to, to not be scared? Do you know what it will feel? And, and that was the mindset of the others in my environment was saying, yo, bro, I don't know about that shit. All I know is what we have here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know about your googly googly do that shit. All I know is what I have here. I know when I walk up the block, I know exactly how to protect myself. Mm-hmm. I know that. I'm aware. I'm acute. I know that. But what you're talking about success, I have no clue. So other people didn't want to feel with me. You know, that's what, that's what it means when I feel you. People didn't want to feel with me about success. So I, it was a lonely journey. So then at 19, there, I met somebody who happened to be in my high school who I didn't really connect with. You know, it's, it's very ironic. I was, the, like, I was one of the popular dudes, and I played basketball. I was one of those guys, and there were other groups. There was, there was the Rockheads. You know how high school is. There was the, so so uh, someone from the, the Latin community who I didn't associate with, I just sold him products, but I didn't associate with him really as friends. He was the, he ended up being the person that ended up feeling me after we graduated high school. So throughout Mm. high school, I'm not associating with this guy, but he ended up feeling me and said, Hey man, I see you being successful and I want to be successful with you. I'm on the same wavelength. I feel you, you feel me. Let's be successful together, but you're the leader. I'm allowing you to lead. So I opened up a business at 19. 19, I opened up a cell phone store. And after I opened up that cell phone store, <clears throat> after I opened up the cell phone store, uh, we go through trials and tribulations for the first couple of months, but within six months, I made my first hundred grand. And I was blown away. Then I started listening to personal development and people who were uh, much more successful. So I wanted to 10X my goal. Because my goal at the time that I felt, I remember writing this goal down uh, January 2014. I said, I feel like, like, like I felt it that in June, I would open up the business. So January, I wrote it. June 1st, I opened up the business. In January, so if you go back, in January, I wrote down, I'll have a second location in the works by quarter one, 2015. So a year later, Mm. December 22nd, I signed a contract for my second location and I did a deal with T-Mobile. Bro, I'm 19 years old, and yeah. T-Mobile's you know this big company. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing deals. I'm doing deals yeah. with them, yeah. you know. And I truly believe it was because I felt I, I knew what I wanted to get, yeah. and I was clear yeah. number one. Yeah, and I had that feeling, and I got it. 
So before we go into, because I want to dive into that a little bit further, because that part, that progression where you move to actually getting the business is, is insane as well, Andy. Dreamcatchers, I want you to hear something, right? We asked, the question that I asked him was, Andy, how did you go through that transformation? You're in this place where everybody is just trying to survive versus thriving, which oftentimes, like Dreamcatchers, you'll be in the same environment. You'll just be in an environment that's survival versus thriving. And literally, this is key. This is massive. I want you to hear what Andy just said. It started with having a vision. Then he felt that vision. Then, even if it was just one guy, he started to surround himself with somebody else that was going in the same trajectory as he was, giddy, wanting to go after that success. They both wanted success. Then he dived into personal development and started to develop who he was because he wanted that success. And then he continued to write down goals. That is huge, dream catchers. If you're trying to go through your own transformation, Andy, talk uh, to me I'll though. Give, like, you, oh, go ahead. I'll give you the the system, man. I'll give you the system. I, um, my wallet is not in my in my pocket, but I would have pulled out the paper. I still have it. Have one to this day. You got to go to a quiet place. Yeah. And you got to ask God, what do you want me to do? And it's probably going to be the clearest. Now, here's the reason people don't hit targets. It's, it's because you're unclear, so you're, people sway. You sway back and forth. You're, you got shiny object syndrome. One day you're a real estate agent. Two months later, you're in a multi-level marketing group. The next day, you're, you know, you're selling, you're selling uh, cell phones. And then, and then three months later, like, you sway back and forth. You got shiny object syndrome. Go in a quiet place. Get on your knees and ask God, like, yo, God, what do you want me to do? And I bet you it's something that you can't even fathom. Yep. Some, it's something so big you can't fathom. And then once you write it, once you write it down, you're going to say it's impossible. But once you have that feeling, you actually feel it and you're like, all right, man, it's impossible. But I feel what it's going to be like when I get there. I'm going, I'm aiming for that feeling. Watch what mm. happens, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing that I love about your story, Andy, is so I'm an international New York Times bestselling author. Mm -hmm. Not yet, but I am. I believed and, it. Yeah, amen. When, 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 you, when, you, when you told me when you told me that, I had nothing else to do. I, I, exactly. I it. So, so John, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat you like one. I'm exactly. Treat you as one, I'm gonna be like, yo, let's, you know, hey, bro, let's let's do a deal as you know because you're one, and and so. You, you, you got you to gotta proclaim that. That's awesome, John, that you did that. Absolutely, man. And the thing that I love about your story is you didn't just have a vision, but you walked out the steps to get you closer to that vision. Because before you opened your business, weren't you working in sales? Yeah, I was um, uh, and, uh, so, so I, I'm only on like a, I'm, I'm on like a nine-year run right now. So like, you know, Everything has, has, has a, you know, I've only been, in a, I'm 25, so I've only been an adult for like seven years and been in business for six um, in total. So every, every year it has its own story of growth, right? Mm -hmm, it's not mm -hmm. like, oh, I did, you know, I did this for 15 years. It's like, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. like one year after one year yeah. did this, that yeah. helped me progress. So, yeah. so 15, 16, no, 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 17, I'm thinking about like, yo, I need to get a job. And so I work at I work at Wendy's. I worked at uh, at different. Uh, I, I work at different. Um, I work at different like clothing stores and so on and so forth. But I'm working a job where it's hourly. At a clothing store that I worked at, they they 
they, they had an incentive and the incentive was to give the membership cards away. It was free. And the more people that you gave it away to that activated the free membership card by giving us the email, we, I was able to choose my hours. So I would just say, hey, do you want a card? And essentially, I was closing people on giving me the mm -hmm. email address. Mm -hmm. And I had mm -hmm. the most people subscribed. So they said, hey, you choose your hours. I said, hey, it's Sunday time and a half. Like, I get paid $8. But if I work on Sundays, I get paid 12 per hour. And they're like, yeah. I said, give me all of Sunday, man. Give me all of Sunday. I want work <laughs> open and close. So I learned something. I learned that results meant more money for me. Yeah. So I said, I don't want to do the hourly thing. I want to do the commission thing. I heard about this commission. So I go to T-Mobile and I say, hey, you know, I'm 18 years old, 17 years old. Give me a job. And they laugh at me. And they're like, no, we want people full-time, out of high school. You're in high school. No way. So I go to the next best thing across the street. I go to Metro PCS. I'm working at Metro PCS. And crazy story, John. This is great for your, dream, for, for your people. I'm working. At, I, I go to Metro PCS. I go hand in my application to a guy, a big chubby guy. And the big chubby guy says, oh, I'll give you an application. I'll give you an application. Don't worry about it. So I give him an application. Then I go down to another Metro PCS and I give them my application. Then I go up to another Metro PCS in another area, give them my application. Walk in a, night, walk in a nice polo, right? Little did I know a year later, um, no, no, six months later, I ended up finding out that they were all connected. By the, they, had all, they all had the same owner, okay? But here's what happened. The first one that I went to, the guy threw away my application. Oh, man. He threw away my application. I found that out later. And you know how I found that out? When I was his manager. <laughs> so, so, so I gave him my application. Then I go to the second location. I go to the second location. I gave her. And she saw me. She said, hey, I'm the manager here. I'm looking for a new person. You look like you're, you know, you're coming in a polo, tucked in shirt. I like you. Let's hire you. So she hired me. They trained me. This is the busiest store. They trained me. I'm working at the busiest store. I have my, my little customer base. I'm there for three months. Got my little customer base. Uh, I got my crew. You know, every Friday we have a pizza party. I love this, man. It's a new job. Oh, my gosh. I'm an adult. This is amazing. I get a phone call from the regional, the, the regional director, and he says, Andy, I'm going to move you to the slow store. The, the, the one that that guy threw away my application, I'm going to move you over there. I said, I don't want to go over there, man. I said, I don't want to go there, man. Come on, man. I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to be uncomfortable. I don't want to go there. He said, nah, I need you to go over there. And I said, all right, man, how long? Like for a day, for two days, how long? No, he says, I'm moving there permanently. I said, I said Rob, no, I can't, I can't go there, Rob. I said, he, he said, you got to go there. So I hung up. I said, okay, great. Thank you, Rob. Pissed off as hell. I go to my manager <laughs> at my store. And I'm like, hey, man, like, I really don't want to go to this, to, to the, to the store. And like, man, like that's, 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 what the boss said you know so i'm pissed off i go there once i'm there little little did i know that in this adversity was the best thing that was actually happening for me this was the slowest producing store but not only was it the slowest producing store right behind the store was the ceo's office oh wow so essentially what happened was that it was compartmentalized into three sections all the way in the back was the inventory for about 10 locations, okay, for, for 10 stores throughout, throughout the state. This, this little back office was the inventory place. In the middle, there was a door that separated it, was the, was the corporate office where the, the, the office manager would work, the CEO would work, the assistant, all that would work. Then in the front was, they just said, hey, we have the space, turn it into a store. 
So it wasn't focused on being a store. It just happened. It just made that into a store. Put up some. You Listen, know, we've already got the space. Yeah. We what are we going to do with it? Might as well turn it into a location. So I'm there. Now, here's the thing. I just came from one of the top producing stores. So what I'm used to is success. I'm used to having commission every week. I'm used to people walking in. So I try to recreate that feeling that I once had. Here's, this, this podcast is about feeling, being in the feeling. Get in your feelings, John. This was, and especially, you know, the fact that I told you I was essentially emotionless and before we started the show is very interesting. But getting <laughs> your feelings. Because once I, once I did the deal, once I was at the first store, and that first store was high success, I knew what it felt like to be yeah. successful in yeah. that little bubble. So in that second store, what I got moved to, which was the slowest producing store out of all 10 locations, I felt that it was improper. This is why when I visualized, and this is before I opened myself up. Yeah, of course. This is why when I visualized that success and I felt it, I knew what I was aiming for. Yeah, it was a game changer for you. So I, in, this, in, this, in, this, in the second store that I'm operating, I'm now like, like running it. I'm an 18-year-old dude running this store because they don't give a fuck about the store. Like it's like, you know, it's like, hey, man, like it don't matter. So, hey, let an 18-year-old run it. So I'm going out, passing out flyers. I'm going to, stop, to, to the grocery store. I'm going to the gas station. Like, hey, yo, come over here, get a phone. I'm putting my car outside with a big-ass sign. I'm saying phones. I'm trying all those different marketing strategies. I'm on Craigslist. I'm on Facebook. I'm texting people. I get the store popping. People are coming in. The phones are turning. And they're like, yo, what did you do? I said, man, I was pushing and pushing and pushing. This all happened within 180 days while I'm in high school. So I turned the store to number one. But not only that, here's the kicker for me. Before I met the CEO, I knew the CEO worked there, but I didn't know who the CEO was. I knew his name. So mm. what happened was there was a dude that walked in one day. So this is my second week working there. There's a dude that walked in. He got a nice fancy suit, earrings in, bald head. And he walks in through the back. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm being robbed. Like, like this is like the nicest, like this black guy walks in with earrings and with a phone. And I'm like, the coffin just walked back there. I'm, I'm thinking we're being robbed in the nicest way. <laughs> little, did, little did I know that that was the owner. I go to the office manager and she's like, that's the owner. And I said, yo, you're telling me the owner's black? Like, where I, I, like, I am in the area that I come from, but when I see people like that, I only associated drug dealers. Like, he black? And he, like, successful? Legit business? And he still got that look. Oh my gosh! Like, like that. I was attracted to. Now I want to be a boss. I'm attracted to. I want to be a boss. So I go to him and I'm like, "Yo, teach me. Teach me the game." So, so successful people always want to be teachers. They always want to yep. teach what they went through. So I said, "All right, man." So he, so he, he start. I start go asking questions. Hey, man, what are you doing? Oh, this is payroll. This is how payroll operates. Okay. Oh, man, you know, this person walked in happy and they walked out crying. What happened? They got fired. Why they got fired? Oh, da, da, da. okay, how do you fire somebody? Okay, great, great. So now that person got to get a replace. So I see a, a group of people the next day coming in for interviews. Oh, how do you interview people? Oh, let me show you. Oh, damn. So I'm learning subconsciously all how to run a business, payroll. Yeah, of course. Fire of people, course. Da, da, da. Then within, um, I don't know, maybe two months, somebody from the mall, one of the mall locations. Now the, the company grew to 22 locations within months. Okay. So now we're at 22 locations. 
So somebody at one of the malls is fucking up. They, they, they're fucking on the job. So they're like, who do we play, replace that person with? The regional says, put, him, put Andy in that position. Yo, he 18. What are you talking about? Like, you got 36-year-olds that work there, 40-year-olds that work there? Yeah, but this is the slowest producing store, man. What else, what else could happen? Like, <laughs> like, what, like, like what else could happen? So, so they said, hey, man, throw, them, throw that dude in the fire. So I remember saying, I don't want to go. I don't want to go, man. I'm already, I, 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 I've been working at this store. You know, but I had, what happened was I realized I didn't want to go because I had security. The CEO was always back there. Yeah, if I ever messed up, they, they, they were always there. I remember being scared about getting robbed and stuff. And I was like, yo, there's always people back there. So I'm good. Now they're actually sending me to a store far away from, far away from support, far away from advice, far away from guidance. I'm really going into the trenches where I'm there to run a store. And on top of that, they gave me employees that were like uh, insubordinate, that they didn't, they didn't want to be there. You know, they're 40 years old, they're 36 years old, they're like down on life and they're like, ah, I just sell, I'm selling phones now. So now I'm 18 coming in, I'm telling these people what to do. And they're like, yo, who the hell do you think you are? So I, I remember I go to my leader which he doesn't work. He doesn't work at my store. He just goes around to all the stores. He's a regional. Yep. And I, yep. and I said, what do I do? He said, he said, clean house. I said, enough said, bro. Enough said. So I fired everybody. I literally just fired everybody. It was one of the most disheartening things I did. Fired everybody, fired everyone. I put on Instagram. I said, Hey, I'm looking for people to work for me. Come to, come to this place to get an interview. That guy from my school who was in the Latin group saw me on Instagram came in, got, got uh, put in an application. I hired him because we came from the same school. So now it's two 18-year-olds uh, uh, run in, the, in the store, plus a couple of other, other people who are a little bit older. And we made that store number two. Dude, that's awesome. What, what a story. That How did you awesome. build your own personal business from that? Because there's a lot, like you, 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 you talked about like that, and then you've had years upon years of different progressive, uh, moving forward, how did your business come from that? Yeah, great question, man. Um, well, when, whenever I realized, and I look back, whenever I felt uncomfortable, I realized success came out of it in the long run, in the long run. Like, I, I'm like looking back, I'm like, ah, oh, I felt uncomfortable to go to the first store. But then I made that store into a good store and I got mentorship. That was a good thing. I you know, I'm happy I moved forward. Okay, I felt uncomfortable in this deal, uh, moving to the second store, I mean, to, to, to the mall, but I'm by myself, I was uncomfortable, but success came out of it. So now that Latin guy, he ends up telling me, we're at the gym. So now he works for me at the Metro PCS and, and he, we, we end up working out together. So we're at the gym and he says, man, I think you should open up your own spot. So I go to T-Mobile, and uh, Metro PCS and T-Mobile are, are, are joined at this time. So I go to T-Mobile and I'm like, hey, I want to open up a location. They say, okay, great. Choose a zip code. So I choose the zip code and they, they're telling me you can't have a store within two miles of any other Metro PCS. So I'm looking at all of my state and they're like, nope, you can't do that. Nope. There's one of that. Nope, 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 nope. So a bunch of no's. So they, they tell me I got to go to Massachusetts. So, so it's like a 40, uh, 40 minute drive. Now, in my area where I was raised in a one square mile environment where my city was one square mile, 40 minute drive was like another, it's like, it's like going towards another state. It's like now going to the moon, going to another planet. That's yeah. what it's like. 
Yeah. So I essentially told, told them, I said, look, T-Mobile, doing this deal with T-Mobile Metro PCS is not going to work for me. I got to go and start a new, new carrier. So what I did was I took the systems that I learned from Metro PCS, and this is what we call in the industry MVNOs, uh, Mobile Virtual Network Operators, which is essentially one guy who says, hey, I got a contract with a, a carrier, and we'll just sell SIM cards. So that's the, when you go into like the convenience stores and you see like those little small SIM cards th that doesn't have a brand, it's just like a small SIM card and then you can just pop it in, pay as you go. I took that and I made it into like a whole brand in store, like a whole branded store. And I took everything I learned from Metro PCS and I applied it here. And that's why I became successful. Dude, that is so cool. That is awesome. And it's funny that you learned along the way that got you to that position. What made you decide to get out of that? and get into personal development, writing your books, doing conferences, like helping other business owners? How did you get into that space? So I, I, wrote, a book called, uh, I wrote a book called No More Average. Mm -hmm. So when I moved, so at 20, for, so 19 to 21, I'm operating the store. So this is a couple years, okay? I'm operating the businesses. I, I get up to four locations. I have four uh, locations. I ended up, uh, T-Mobile saw what I was doing and they, they ended up saying, hey, we got something for you. Because <laughs> essentially what happened was that, that mall that I got transferred to, I opened up my store right across the hall from them. And I was competition. And so I was taking customers. So they, instead of going against me, they're like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll work with you. Okay, so then I end up, they ended up contacting me. We did a deal. Like, it was, it was a good deal. And I signed the second, the second, my, that was my second store. Okay. So I opened up my second store. Now here's the kicker. What, like what happened was as I opened up my second store, I realized the responsibility that I had to be successful. Mm -hmm. So it was uncomfortable to open up a second store. I remember this contract. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I'm now 20 years old signing this contract with the lease with saying that I'm going to pay uh, a bill to suit, which is, which is turning a, a, a white wall, uh, they call it white box, which is uh, going to a standalone um, size, like, like a store in the side street. They, they, it was essentially, the store was a subway, and we had to knock everything out, knock yep. out all the stuff yep. in there, take out the carpets, take out everything, yep. and, and turn and turn it into T-Mobile store. You had, to so, you had to break it down to the studs is basically what you had to do. Uh, not the, like just the walls, but not, yep. not the yep. studs, but like... Yeah, like took out the flooring, all that stuff. Yep. I remember being yep. twenty, and I felt like a boss walking in there, but I was nervous. <laughs> I was scared because I'm walking, and I see the people peeling stuff, painting the walls. And I'm like, yo, like, what is going? Like, like, am I doing the right thing? I don't know if I'm doing the right yeah. thing. So I'm at the second store. Remember, like, the the locations for open up multiple Metro PCS and T-Mobile stores is scarce. So now I'm ready to open up my third store. I can't, there's no way for me to open up. I got to leave the state again. So I ended up opening my, like the same deal that I had at the first store. Now, T-Mobile gave me a pass for my first store. They said, it's okay, don't worry about it. But my third store was the same opposing company. So, and I opened it up at another mall against right across the street from, right across the hall from the Metro PCS, T-Mobile store. And I remember the, the talk that they had with me. As soon as they found out that it was me, they said, they said, oh shit, you know, that's, that, 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 there's another cell phone store. Who the fuck is that? And, and you know, they have all this commotion. And then they found out it was me. And I'm also going, like, I'm also within their company. They told me it was like sleeping with the devil. 
They, that's what they told me. They said, I'm, and I mind you, I'm like 20. I don't even know what I'm doing, bro. I don't even know <laughs> that this is wrong. They said, they said, they said, it's like sleeping with the devil. Like I'm sleeping with the enemy. Like we're doing business here, but like you're taking away from one of my locations. And then, then I ended up saying like, hey man, like I got a, like I got a team to feed. I got a business to grow. I'm not going to slow down for you. And so I opened up another store right across, like, I, opened, I just kept on opening up stores, man. Um, and it was, it was successful. But the transition really took place for me, John, when I was running the business and I felt sad. And I was just like, yo, I'm successful. I feel sad. I need to write down what I want in my life. So I created a system called Values of Toil. And it's in my book, No More Average. That's why I brought it up. So I'm in the office. So in these cell phone stores, we had a headquartered. I, 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 perched, I rented out an office, office space. So I have people working at the office space. And so I'm in the office and I look at one of the sales managers who ran one of my stores. And I said, yo, man, like, what do you want to do in life? Like, besides this, of course. And he's like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe create a clothing line. And I said, let's write it down. So I started writing down like the way that my life would be in its prime. What would I be doing? For, for work and values, if you look up the definition of values, so I'm gonna go on Google right now, I'm gonna de define values. Values um, is the, a person's principles or standards of behavior. One's judgment of what's important in life. And then if you look up the word toil, T-O-I-L, which is work, um, work, Essentially, it's your work or labor. So the standards and principles that I had for my work. So what I, I remember what I wrote down, and it was like, I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to work off a laptop. I want to be able to inspire people. I want to be able to share success. I want to be able to share uh, growth. I want to uh, not be stuck to one state because the cell phones were, I had to be stuck to one state or wherever the inventory was. So I remember I was inventory list. I remember writing that I was inventory list. Um, so I kept on writing down all of this and I felt what that felt like. Oh, getting on a plane here, going, you know, going to do business transaction in, in Arkansas, then there in Texas. And I felt it. I visualized it and I felt it. Then I said, yep, this is not it for me. The cell phone thing is not it for me, man. And it was so crazy. I, it was so, the business is so successful, man. We know we're, we're just growing and growing and, and, you know, AT&T came and uh, offered me $135,000 to do business with them now because they transitioned and purchased a company called Cricket. And I was just like, nah, like what I'm doing is what I want to do in my life is much more valuable. Dude, that's, that's awesome. That's how I transitioned out. That's awesome, man. How did you get into the personal development though? Um, when I was in college, well, I think I did it for basketball in high school. Like that's where it started, like motivation, because yeah. I had to work. Yeah, out. when you so were I'm, talking I'm, to everybody about success and things like that, right in school. Yeah, in, in high school. Yeah. and then, but 2014 is when it started to hit, and it's so crazy, man. I tell you, it's so crazy. I have a, I have a, behind me. There's a bookshelf, and I have, um, I have a a magazine. It's a, it's a magazine article. Uh, I'm on one side where they ask, they ask me like my story and stuff like that. And on the, on the left-hand side is Eric Thomas, the motivational speaker, right? So it's me and Eric Thomas there. And this is, this is crazy. Like we were both involved in an event called Thrive. 
So that's where that magazine comes from. And the crazy thing, man, is in 2014, I'm in my college parking lot, CC uh, Community College of Rhode Island. And I'm question. I'm in the parking lot. I'm like, yo, do I really want to go in here? Man, like they're talking about running a business, but I got my, I got my boss who's teaching me about business. Why would I want to learn from this? No offense, John, but this white guy who makes $40,000 a year, never had a business and him telling me how to run a business versus this other guy who looks like me, who's running, running a multi-million dollar business. And I got to work with him like, 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 you know, next to him. I'm listening to Eric Thomas because my mom's telling me to go to college. My dad's telling me to go to college. My family's telling me to go to college. And then all I heard was Eric Thomas. All I heard was personal development. And because of that, because of the personal development, it had strong, I had a stronger connection to my to the personal development work versus my family, aunts, uncles. So I decided to drop out. And I opened, that's how, and I opened up the business. So throughout those times, those trialing times, because opening up a business, man, I remember there was a time I was in the bathroom crying, man. Like, like the, it sounds cool, right? Like, oh, 19, six months, made a hundred grand. Like that wasn't just, just the case, man. Like there was times that I cried. There was times that I questioned life. Um, I, I, it was very extreme because that was my reality. I was scared of the contracts that I was signing. Um, Cause I don't know what's on the other side. There was, I remember there was times I was, I almost kicked this wall in the door in from one of my, from one of the, the offices that I was in. And I remember I kicked, almost kicked it in because I was just so paranoid. I was so scared. So, and, and I would, it would, I would effectively be caving in on the inside. So on the outside, it looked successful, but in the inside, I, I was caving in. I was so scared. So it looked cool, but really I was always scared. I had cameras in the stores. Like I was, what if someone steals from me? I have $5,000 worth of iPhones in this store. What if one employee just says, fuck it, I'm taking it all and leaving. And, and I got, you know, $10,000 in that store. I'm like, what if they both talk to each other and they say, fuck it, I'm leaving. Like, what the hell? Like I'm in a situation, man. You know, I had kind customers take phones off the, the rack and run with it and security chasing them like these things you i don't really talk about but it's there personal development helped me get through all of that mm -hmm. when i transitioned out of that business i said i gotta give to others what that gave to me dude that that's powerful and one of the things that that i want to dive a little bit into andy because each part of your stage in life, you've been quote unquote successful where you were at. One of the things that I see from your story is that you don't settle for the success of that stage. You constantly are striving for more. How do you transition or not even transition? How do you keep going after that next level how do you keep going you know what yeah i have my own business and yes i'm supporting employees now i'm going to do this and yeah i've been an author and that yeah i run conferences but now i'm going to do this because you're getting you're 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 not stopping man yeah um i don't i i'm i'm, I'm actually more scared to stop and let me tell you let me, let me tell you why so now and it's all in the story like everything that I'm amounted to or even understand is because of a story. So when you, you want to understand the story to really understand the person. So, and you don't know me until you know the story. Like, I don't know you, John, until I know the story, what shapes mm -hmm. you. So mm -hmm. after I experienced the success, my ego's high. Mm -hmm. I told you I didn't need to go to college. 
you know, I remember looking at, I love my mom, but I remember looking at, she, so she ran a business. So she got me into the commerce space. Like she got me to online when I was in fifth grade. So she ran a business when I was in fifth grade. And I remember seeing her books and the books was um, like that one month was like $5,000, you know? And then I was like in shock because that's the first time I saw her books. Now, now, now I'm not fifth grade at the time that I saw the books. I saw the books uh, when I was like, when I was 20 and a half. And I remember saying, oh my gosh, so you made $5,000 that month. I just looked at the numbers on my computer. So far this month, my business has made 90 grand. And I'm not even like cognizant of like the reality of it, John. Like I'm so far removed from it. My dad asked me, like, how much do you have in inventory or something of that nature one day? We were in the parking lot. I said, I think I have about, like, $50,000. Like, I'm so far removed from, like, <laughs> how, like, like, this is more than my household made. Yeah. And I'm so far removed that I don't even, like, I'm just talking. I'm just, I'm like, yeah, 50 grand. Like, it's just, I'm just throwing money around, you know? So, so then, so then I looked at the numbers and I'm saying, oh, my gosh you made five, I made, I'm, I'm just this month, I'm making 90. This is, this is crazy. This is far, but it's this feeling that I have that I need to progress, man. I need to progress on a daily basis. Like I, I I'm successful, but then when I moved to California and I, so I closed down the business and I said, Oh, I'm clear on my values. This is not my values. I don't know. I don't even know you can sell a business. So I didn't try to sell it. So I, I, I left the business to, I closed the business essentially, and and I come to California. I'm in Cali, and I'm I'm just chilling, man. I have so much money, man. I I just didn't even care to work. Yeah. Typical typical black man's experience when it comes to money, and it's so crazy. Cause I, I was just listening to something with Colby, and he was talking about retiring, and then him, you know, finding a new hustle, and naturally, I went to man. You got so much money. Why don't you relax? Mm. and then i realized what like it kicked my story kicked in real quick my, my training my 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 what happened to me kicked in well essentially man, i relaxed and the money depleted it took me a year i depleted all my money i depleted all the money that i had and then i was now i'm in an apartment where they're, they're telling me i have to pay i couldn't pay like a thousand bucks fifteen hundred bucks for rent and they're telling me i gotta either pay the rent or in 72 hours the police will be there and then I'll have 60 minutes to remove all my stuff when the police comes. And that was what the, the landlord was telling me. The landlord was telling me. And I thought I was going to be able to use the card of, I'm young. You know, you, I'm young. Remember I went, <laughs> and that, that didn't work. They, they took me serious. And then I remember I had to go out and hustle. I went out, got, got the money for, um, I was selling, selling tickets. And I got the money for rent. And I was like, yo, I will never be here again. I will never touch that be that financially hurt again so it makes sense that now like when you see people who are 60 years old still pushing they're scared they're fearful what there's something that happened in their story i was watching a video with kevin hart kevin hart makes millions of dollars um he just got paid five hundred thousand dollars to speak on on someone's stage mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. and and I'm looking at that, and, and I was watching this video of him. He's like, "Now nah, I gotta hustle. I gotta hustle. I gotta hustle. I gotta go get it. I gotta go get it. I gotta push." And then, he, in the story, he mentioned one of the videos. He mentioned that he was scared to go back to Philadelphia. Yeah. And in my head, 
in the normal person's head, like, how could you possibly go back to Philadelphia in the hood again from where you're at with your success? And then, it, but it's truly this innate fear of going back. And now I feel it in my heart that I do not want to go back. I don't see myself stopping. And, yeah. and my intention is to take care of my body, take care of my mind to the point where I, I don't stop until I die. Mm-hmm. Andy, and we were talking about it a little bit off the of camera, um, but I love where you just went. So I want to go there. Kevin Hart and Kobe Bryant. Uh, Kobe Bryant was, and still is, I'm, yeah, still is an idol of mine. Kevin Hart is an idol of mine as well, man. The thing that, the thing that I love when we talk about Kevin Hart, like the docu-series you were talking about, right, is the hustle that that guy has no matter what stage of life he's at. And you look at his, like Dave Chappelle and some of his really good friends, and they're like, Kevin, we wish we had continued to stay hungry like you have. He's not just on stage and being a comedian. He's doing his own movies. He's now uh, running his, uh, what is it, heart production. He's got all that other stuff that he's doing because he's staying hungry. Literally, I was reading uh, Tony Robbins, and one of the things that he was mentioning, Andy, was when you get stagnant, you start to digress. Yeah. That's literally what you were talking about. Regress. Yeah, you start to regress. That's right. And you literally said the exact same thing just now. Like, you don't want to go backwards. That's plain and simple. Anybody that you look at that's a dream catcher, that is a successful, ultra successful guy, has that exact same fear and understands if I stop, then there's no more going forward. Now I'm going to start to literally start to go backwards. Yeah, and it's probably like some type of experience that happened in their mm-hmm. life or a story that they were told from a mentor to get the understanding. Um, you know, like I, there's someone that I know who's very successful um, in the personal development and entrepreneurship space. And in, 2000, in 2008, he was already someone who was making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions. And so he was in a place where he felt comfortable. And in 2008, the uh, crash, the crash took place. Um, shoot, how do I, how do I, and, and he, 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 he experienced, he experienced this, these challenges in 2008 where the crash took place and he was getting sued by a bank and essentially like it, it hurt him. It hurt him and his family. And he didn't have the, he didn't have the, the proper funds. They had to cut back on grocery shopping, the whole nine yards. And Although you have millions of dollars, man, you still got affected when mm-hmm. your family had to suffer. So mm-hmm. with that experience, what do you think he's doing now in 2020? Man, he's hustling and, he's, and his, his portfolio mm-hmm. is a billion dollars now. Mm-hmm. Like you, go for, you go from a million to a billion. Why? Because you're scared. You're like, yo, mm-hmm. I was a millionaire and I was still jacked up. Mm-hmm. I was a millionaire and I was still jacked up. So... You, I don't, I don't, you can't, you got to keep progressing on a daily basis. Amen. Amen, you man. You got to keep progressing, man. Like, and, and it's the people who say like, when I, once I make a, get a million dollars, that's when I'll, like you were talking about earlier, it's because you don't understand what actually happens when you make a million dollars. Like a mm-hmm. million dollars is a thousand dollars. You can, you have a thousand opportunities to spend it. Think about, I just spent a thousand dollars on an iPhone this week, right? 
uh, it was almost two grand on this 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 fucking big ass phone, and <laughs> and you only have a thousand opportunities to spend that. And some people yeah. are like, all I need is a million for my life. I mean, you only have a thousand opportunities. Just my decision to purchase this one was was would have been one. And then the same thing goes for this one and this one, right? And so I have all these phones. Each of them cost about a thousand bucks. But then, so that means that as uh, as a business owner, as a, as a as someone who's making money, you realize that you will always be spending money. Mm-hmm. So are you are you gonna relax and just keep spending money and get yourself in a bind, or are you still gonna say I need to progress? That's the mindset of progression. Like you gotta go on a on a on a you gotta continue to grow, man. Because if you don't grow, you're 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 hurting yourself. You're hurting humanity. And here's why: humanity part. The humanity part is the, the fact of when you're hitting your goals, you inspire others. If that guy was at a point where he said, I'm going to retire, even now, now that, that my old boss, he's at 100-something, we just had dinner, um, he's at 100-something locations now throughout the nation, and I was with him when we had 10, if, if he relaxed then, before he met me, I wouldn't have been inspired. Mm-hmm. He inspired me to move forward, saying that I don't. Ha- I I went there for a job, but didn't know, I didn't know I was going to get a life learn lesson. So as you grow and you get successful and you hit your targets, hit your goals, you're going to inspire other people. So right now, there's there's somebody um, who's waiting for you, John, who's like who's either in somebody's stomach, you know, somebody's womb, and got about to be born. Or this, you know, he's five years old, 10 years old, 20, whatever. They're waiting for you. There's a, a young girl that's saying, I need a man in my life. And they're looking, their father's gone. And they're looking at John as the example of a man. And you don't even know it. Like, you're over here doing your podcast. You're doing your speaking. You're doing your books. And, 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 a, and a young girl who's 13 sees you and they're like, oh, my gosh. Like, his story, I love it. The way he looks, I love it. That's what I, that's my ref, point of reference of a man. So when she grows up to be 18 years old, and she says, yo, you, you, I, I love you to a, a man. The real reason subconsciously is because of John, because John showed up. That's why, I, like, when I, when I look over here and I say, and I see purpose, right, purpose, take advantage of an opportunity of a lifetime and the lifetime of the opportunity, you have an opportunity right now. So you got to get clear on your purpose, continue to strive for progression, and as you strive for progression, you're going to start realizing that there's people that depend on you. So one of my biggest challenges, right, was the fact that I have man breast, right? So I got man breast. Uh, it's called gynecomastia. For 13, I was suicidal with it. 14, I'm suicidal with it. 15, I, 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 I'm going to my mom's laundry. I find a tube top. My mom has a tube top. I put it on. It's stuck to my chest. <sighs> my chest is flat. I feel normal. Oh, my gosh, I'm going out tonight. I go out with my friends. I feel normal. The next day, you think I, I, think I took it off? Nope. The next day after that, you think I took it off? I finally felt normal. No. For five years straight, John, every single day, basketball practice, my first time having sex, driving a car, everything that you could think of that happens between 14 and, 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 um, and 19, I'm wearing that thing every single day. I end up getting caught with it at like 16 and a half. My mom says, she just bought, my mom just buys me a new one and throws it on my bed because I was hiding it from everyone. But my mom knew about it and she threw it. So... Next thing you know, at 19, that guy who believed in me said, said, Andy, we're a confident man. And what happened was that thing was 
hurting my back. So I was walking around like this. I was walking mm. around hunched hunch over. And I didn't know from my point of view, I didn't see it from the mirror. I didn't see it because from the mirror, I just looked like I had a flat chest. I was like, yeah, but my back was hunched over. So the guy who was my right hand, the Latin guy, he said, he said, hey, man, put your back straight, posture up. We're confident businessmen now. We're not uh, high schoolers anymore. I said, okay, great. So I realized what was making my back. So I had to let go of that. Mm. I was more, I was more determined about like the future feeling than my current state of feeling. So I let that go, put my chest up. Now here's the thing, I couldn't take my shirt off. So now I have the confidence, but I still can't take my shirt off and show my chest like I like I did with you. So then I moved to Cal. When I, that's when I moved to California. I got with a girl, and we're in the room. We're doing what men and women do in the room in our private time. And she says, "Why don't you take your shirt off?" And I said, you want to know the real reason? This is the real reason. I have gynecomastia. She's like, oh, like I didn't fucking know. Like, like, it, like it's hit not, you don't hide, you can't hide it in your shirt. And then so, but she accepted me the way that I was. She accepted me the way that I was. And she put her hand on my chest. She said, I love you. And I said, damn. So that gave me the utmost confidence. I went outside the next day. I went to the beach for the first time, took my shirt off at 20, 21, going on 22, take off my shirt at the beach, walking around with, the, with crazy confidence. Now I take my shirt off at the gym so on and so forth but here's what i did not know i put it on social media men were watching me on social media men came out of the woodworks and was like yo andy i had the same thing i follow you man you gave me permission to do the same things same thing as well you gave me permission to take off my shirt people who are much older than me people with wives people with kids that were still suffering hiding because they felt less of a man and once i decided to to, to live on purpose and experience the feeling of being confident, I didn't realize I was affecting other people. So as you start to strive towards who you're supposed to be, other people are going to be affected by you, whether you know it or not. But that's what, that taught me that other people can change, uh, you know, lives. So that Latin dude changed my life when he said, hey, man, put your confidence up, take that shit off. That woman changed my life when she said, hey, man, I, I still love you. I love you. I, I love your body. I love it the way that it is. Take it off. Take your shirt off. Boom. All of that combined gave me the confidence for the rest of the world. Now, I was able to do that on your podcast and not have any, like, no one can, can talk shit on your podcast. Someone could go in the comments right now and be like, yo, Andy got man titties. And I'll be like, yo, like, I love that. <laughs> Bro, I love that confidence, man. And that's, that's on anything, brother. Uh, okay, last two questions. And I have had so much. I knew I was going to have fun with you today, Andy, but I've had so much. You brought me so much value in my own life. I know you're going to bring tremendous value to our dream catchers. Last two questions for you, brother. Um, obviously, our dream catchers are going to want to connect with you. They're going to want to follow your journey. They're going to want to be inspired the way you've inspired me. And they're going to want to be able to connect with you. Where's the best place for them to do that? Hey, go to andyauday.com, A-N-D-Y-A-U-D-A-T-E.com, or to learn more about the Progression Conference, which is a one-day business event where I train people on, on business growth now. And I train people how to get out of that rut and get financially free and understand how to sell themselves, how to market their personal brands, as well as the personal development that's needed to overcome challenges, go to progressionticket.com. If you want to see me live in person, um, go to progressionticket.com. That's again, progressionticket.com. And Dreamcatchers, that's all going to be in the show notes. So if you're working out, you were driving, you were cooking, you were doing something else besides like 
looking and watching this podcast, it's going to be in the show notes. You'll be able to find Andy, go and follow him, go and get yourself to the conference. Like honestly, this guy's crushing it. If you haven't already figured that out from the podcast, uh, Andy, last question for you, man. If you were to bump into yourself 10 years younger and you could only give one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? If I were to bump in myself 10 years ago? Yep. So 2010? 2010, I would... You know, I don't... I mean, like, everything had its, like... Everything had its had its reasoning, but... I mean, it, it would probably be on the confidence thing, man. It would probably be, like, I was re- re- really, in high school, I was shy and timid. Um, and I, I acted out for, I acted out because of, because of, uh, because of school. I, I really, I really say, man, dude, I, I, I wouldn't say anything, man. I wouldn't say anything. Cause, I, Cause I'm thinking about like, what I, what I would I change? All right, I would change the, like the, the people I was, I was hanging around with and so on and so forth. But it never got, but that gave me that aggression. Like those relationships is what gave me, those hardcore relationships gave me aggression that you see, you see this face here, right? You see this face and like, that's how I feel on the inside. Like, this is how I feel on the inside. You see this face where it's like, yo, you're the fucking boss. Go get that shit. The opportunities in the show up, take that shit. And then you see, and then you see this face where I'm, where I'm smiling. And it's like, I also feel this way sometimes. Um, but that's like the outside of me. And this is the determination to get whatever the fuck that I want. Someone asked me the other day on Instagram. He said, um, like, I, I did a poll on Instagram. I said, you can ask me questions. And then they were like, what uh, keeps you motivated? I said, bro, I'm not motivated. I'm determined. Like, you got, you got, you, 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 you got, you got to look, you got to look up the, the, the word determined to understand. And determined means, by definition, is having made a firm decision and being resolved not to change it. That's the definition of determined. So I'm not motivated. I'm determined. So like this space on my left hand side, where if for the people are listening, this is just a, a a picture of me holding a cigar in a suit without no without a smile, focus and fierce look to the camera, no smile, straight fierce look to the camera, and then to the right of me, there's another picture of me where I'm smiling with a cheesy smile um, that I use on a lot of my a lot of my covers. It there's there's two versions of me. This is perfect. I, I didn't even realize that, but there's two versions of me, and it's a matter of being determined that I'm going to be successful, like, or I'm going to die trying. Now, what I do want to leave your people off with is that I had a, uh, interesting experience of the day where I didn't realize I was essentially killing myself, Hmm. like in my, in my work ethic. And this is some real shit with this entrepreneurship, hustle, hustle, hustle shit. So I have mentors and I have a, a mentor who turned his company from $300 million to $3.4 billion. So he 10X his company. Um, and it was in a five-year time span. And he became a mentor and a friend of mine. And I started speaking for it. Um, he brought me in to speak at his masterminds and things of that nature. So I reached out to him for support on scaling. And the reason why was because I put a post up where I went to bed at like 11 o'clock at night or at midnight and woke up at 3 and I was doing this regularly because I was working so much throughout the day until the wee hours of the morning. And he said, I remember when I had that energy when I was young like you, man. But, uh, you know, it's all about systems and scaling because one day you can get sick. And it hit me like, yo, 
if I remove myself the way that I was at that time, if I remove myself from the business, my business wasn't thriving. Hmm. So I was working myself to death. Eyes bloodshot red all the time. I'm completely sober. My eyes bloodshot red, red, falling asleep at the wheel. Um, not the life, not the ideal lifestyle. Then someone said to me, he said, man, you really are trying to get rich of that trying, huh? <laughs> and, I, and he said as a joke, but the sincerity and the honesty mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. there where he's like, yo, you're really trying to get rich or you're dying trying and you're on the way of dying right now. So I learned about systems and scale. Now I have employees who work with me in my organization. What I, what I failed in my first business to understand was that I subconsciously learned the system and how to scale it from Metro PCS subconsciously. When I, turned, when I transitioned to a new business where the complete business was Andy Ardate, the brand, I didn't know about creating systems and what roles were necessary. So I knew like in the cell phone, like I knew you needed a store manager, knew you needed an office manager, I knew you needed a sales rep, I knew what each role did and how it, it worked together. In this new industry of, of business where I'm creating a brand, I just didn't know the, the roles. Like I didn't know what positions were needed. But like now, I know that I need appointment setters and I know I need sales and marketing managers and I know I need um, uh, executive assistants, and I know I need uh, office admin and uh, video editors. Like now, I have the team. Now I know what, what's necessary, but back then I didn't. And uh, so, you don't want to get rich without trying. You just want to get rich. Come on, man! I love that. That was good. That was super good. And that's some of the stuff that you teach at your conference, right? Yeah. Now, now I do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's focused on three things: sales, marketing, personal development. The sales aspect is. What I recognize is that when people are, are struggling financially, they can't thrive. They can't support other people. So first thing I teach people is how to get money through sales, through sales of a product or service. Or, and then, then the second thing is your sales are limited if you can't market effectively where you got people coming in and contacting you. So you got to market effectively where people are, are, number one, aware of you, number two, attracted, attracted to you, and number three, it converts. So sales is the first part. Marketing is the second part. And then throughout the interim, from where you currently are to where you want to be, there's going to be mental challenges. So you're going to get personal development at the seminar and people and accountability partners at the seminar. This is like the end all be, this is not the, this is not the end all be all, but this is like the first step mm -hmm. to really experiencing massive growth in a short period of time. Like, like, the, like the, for example, the shirt that I'm wearing right now, it says progress daily on it. I just got the, the uh, if you follow me on social media, I just got these batch of shirts in. Who created them? Well, there was a young dude that was in the audience at the Progression Conference in April of 2019, and he was working a nine-to-five dead-end job, and it's been lurking on his mind for him to start a business. He came to the Progression Conference, learned, the, the event took place on Friday, learned everything that he needed from sales, marketing, and personal development. By Monday, he quit his job, and um, now he runs his own uh, apparel manufacturing company, and I called him a couple of days ago, and he's like, hey, Andy, I'm fulfilling a 10,000-piece uh, order right now. So he's doing thousands and thousands of, of deals and orders now, but just a couple of months ago, he was at the event. He learned strategically how to sell, how to greet, how to qualify, how to present, how to close, how to build the brand, how to uh, onboard clients, how to convert. And then on, on top of that, the challenges that he'll have on the come up, how to, how to deal with the, the cha those challenges through the personal development strategies that we teach at the event. Dude, guys, dream catchers, you need to go and get yourself around Andy. Like, honestly, like this, this guy is going places. You watch the next decade 
and you're just going to see him continue to skyrocket. One of the things, Andy, that I love about you is you keep giving back to that next level, to the person that is following behind you, and you're constantly growing, constantly seeking other mentors, constantly developing yourself and doing exactly what you're teaching everybody else to do. I want to say, man, thank you so much today. Like It has been an absolute honor and privilege to be able to connect with you. Thank you for coming on the show today. Hey, John, thank you so much for having me on your show, man. It was really an honor. Awesome, man. Dreamcatchers, first and foremost, you're already subscribed. We already know that. You've already gone ahead and left a review and rated the show. Here's what I want you to do. First, I want you to go and give Andy some love. Let him know that you listened to the episode. Go ahead and get yourself uh, at the conference. Like, Go and, and figure out a way to be in his world. On top of that, if this episode brought you value, I want you to go and I want you to send it to another dream catcher. Let them know what it did for you and also let them know what you think it's going to do for them. We'll see you on the next episode.